0: welcome to the splitting hairs podcast presented by jackrabbit illustrated i'm kyle sheehan one half of the the host team here Um, and today i'm joined by a former teammate of mine sdsu legend uh ryan mcknight mcknight how you doing man man life is good i cannot complain one bit i love it i love it man so Uh, Ryan is a native of the Sioux Falls area, went to Sioux Falls, Washington High School, uh, graduated class. He earned all city, all conference honors, as well as being named to the Sioux Falls Argus Leader Elite 45 team. Elected to play in the South Dakota All-Star Game, coached by former Jackrabbit Brian Hermanson. Did not allow a sack over a two-year span in his prep days. Attempted nearly 400 passes. You know, Washington in Sioux Falls area down there is a power a staple down there as far as in, uh, in the South Dakota area. So, in 2006, Ryan redshirted, uh, was a scout team offensive player of the week prior to Northern Iowa and Southern Utah, but did quite a quite a few memorable things throughout the course of his career. Started uh, 12 games in 2008 with a bunch of starts. Um, and then really dominated and took over in 2009 uh, where he was all Missouri Valley football conference team, started all 12 games, 2010 got uh, all conference, all American recognition, and then got a little bit of uh, a little bit of a taste at the next level. Isn't that right, Ryan? You bet, man. It was pretty, uh,
1: pretty brief, but boy, it was fun. You know, it's crazy how long, like to us, it probably seems like it was just yesterday that you were playing that, like any, every time august rolls around you probably should be throwing on the
0: helmet and the pads but man it's almost been a decade i know do you get that do you kind of the hair kind of stands up on your arm or your neck and you kind of get that vibe again that like man i should be i should be doing something what am i not doing and then it kind of just a good reminder of uh you know what you dedicated so much of your life to
1: uh, dude you're spot on you know the, the wife tells me all the time that uh, football is over and it's it's awfully apparent but <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, every time I talk to Stig right around fall camp and it's something that you, like you said, you dedicated anywhere from a, a decade to a decade and a half playing football, doing stuff that, um, that, that you miss, that you love, that you're a part of. And then all of a sudden at one day you, you're done, you get cut, whatever and you miss it. You miss that, that feel, the smell of the grass, the grind, the, you know, one of the weirder things that I do miss, I just miss having, like, a reason to be sore, you know, like, you go do a a two-a-day, you do a a one-a-day, you get back home, your hands hurt, your knees hurt, your head hurts, but you're like, man, like, you felt like you did something, like, you felt, it felt accomplished, you know, you could say you missed the lights, you could say you um, missed, you know, winning games, but, man, you, you miss being
0: sore, miss being one of the guys again. Absolutely, man. You miss doing your job. That's uh, like like having a responsibility that you could absolutely take ownership of. And um, just I completely echo those sentiments. And one of the things, you know, I think that is common in the parlance of football is like you need the game more than it needs you. And I think <laughs> that uh, the quicker that you can realize that as a young player, at least uh, for me, I didn't really realize it until later on in my is yeah. uh, is is how quickly the game can be done with you because it's so unforgiving talk about being sore shoot i wake up every day and crack and i'm sure you do the same but um it's still nostalgic in that you know i miss that i miss those reasons to be sore (laughs) well exactly right you know you're spot on i mean you know we got general parnell
1: i you know i still keep in touch with him every once in a while you know he he blew his knee out and that really took the game away from him you have no idea you know talking to a lot of guys and you know what a my profession now, being able to mentor some of the youth and and kind of talk to them about, you know, the today's world and and law and real estate and, you know, you, you kind of hear the same thing. Ah, you know, I'm I'm sore, I'm tired, I'm beat up. Yeah, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah. I'd be like, man, what I would give. What a lot of these old guys would give, just for one more snap, just to play the game one more time, to study the playbook, to watch film, to do. I don't. know, I mean, just just to be part of the team again. For one more play, you have no idea how much that means to us. Even when we got uh, recognized on the field the other day, a lot of these old guys from '79 '80 were like, "Man, what I would give just to play one more play, just to have that that crowd roar, have that feel, just one more time." It's stuff that you miss. It's stuff that, like you said, you know, you're part of it for so long, Now all of a sudden you lost it. Um, it sucks. It's yeah.
0: The, yeah, you know, and it's what makes I think the struggle so worthwhile. You know, we, when we were recruited there, um, which is probably, you know, necessary to bring up, it, it looked, it was a far cry from what it is now <laughs> with uh, all the amenities, the facilities, all the, you know, bells and whistles that have, you know, they've been so uh, fortunate to be able to earn from a lot of the donors and people pouring into the organization as a whole, both at the university level and then the athletics level. It's, you know, we were there when there were grandstand bleachers and trailers for offices. And it kind of uh, was a collective struggle that we all kind of could could laugh at because we were there to ball. We weren't I mean, we weren't there for all the bells and whistles. We, uh, we just wanted to play the game. And I think that uh, it's hard nowadays, um, just the same no matter where you play. You talked about it when it's a part of your identity and you've devoted so much of your life to it. You see guys struggle to make that transition because the skill set that that you learn in football if you're too one-dimensional they don't necessarily transfer one-to-one into the real world so it can kind of you kind of get in that gray area like oh man what do I do next and so uh so what have you done next post your you, plan? Yeah. you
1: know you're, you're spot on with that and so like when I got done with football you know I get cut from the bangles and I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And my old man played, obviously, for the Jacks. And and so for me, it was, it, it you know, I I moved back home. I had to finish up school. I promised Stig I'd finish up school. It was just something that, that's what I was going to do. And my old man said, you know, if you like to compete, find a way that you can still compete. I said, oh, you know, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, if, if, if you know, you got a good head on your shoulders, you know, why don't you why don't you try going to law school? Why don't you see what you could do? And you know, it, it was funny, you know, I I, I was a walk-on in SDSU, I didn't do, I didn't get a scholarship, I walked on for three years, ended up uh, playing as a walk-on, doing some of this other stuff, and so I kind of learned how to grind, I learned how to hustle, I learned how to, to to play hard, and um, uh, when I applied for law school, I didn't get in right away, I said, well, you know, you weren't this, you weren't that, and I said, well, whatever, it is what it is, and I called back a couple weeks later, and they said, well, you know, come on in, we can't make any promises, you know, you were on the bottom of the LSAT or on the bottom all this crap. So that's fine. I've been doubted before. And so we go in and, you know, at the end of it, at the end of my third L year, we have this competition for trial team. And this is, you know, a long, drawn story. But what it came down to was my wife and I at the time were paired against the top two kids in our law class. And, and we beat them in this mock trial. We beat them left and right. There was no doubt about it. And they asked, you know, how did you get prepared for this? And I said, you know, I, I was grown, I was I was raised on the belief that you know hard work and effort will take you further than anything else in life, and so if you believe in yourself, you, you grind, you hustle, yeah, why not, why not try your best, and so yeah, no, so what I got done with law school, or when I got out of the football, I uh, went immediately into law school, uh, got done, I met my wife there, we practiced a little, opened a little firm out in the middle of absolute nowhere, uh, kind of where she was from. Uh, About a year and a half in, SDSU calls and says, hey, you know, we're starting up this business school. We would love to have uh, you and your wife come back, kind of help out with it. And Really, for about the last four years, yeah, three and a half, four years, we've been uh, uh, fortunate enough to come back and kind of be teaching a lot of these law and real estate and management type courses. For those of you old guys listening that graduated with a business econ degree, we're kind of the new Pat Lyons. We kind of took over some really big shoes, but just trying to make a difference. Coming back, talking to a lot of kids, and now we're teaching. Now we're instructors uh, at SDSU. So you're now a part of the faculty in blue and yellow, <laughs> which is it's. It feels very weird to sit on the other side of the desk, but man, it is. Uh, it's enjoyable being able to to help out some kids that you know. It, Whatever it is, if they want to pursue a law degree, pursue a business degree, pursue some uh, a profession in real estate, it's awesome. You know, going back to Stig One Hundred One, man, make a difference. I love being able to help these kids out.
0: Yeah, man, and isn't it interesting? You, you kind of, you know, you're you're a young kid. You're doing Stig Pop. For those of you who don't know, it's during fall camp. It's the group breakout sessions when. Um, essentially they're just trying to bleed you physically bleed you mentally get you locked in make sure you know and understand the standard but all the stigisms pop up during that when we're going through what what's called our mad manual right so in that you hear some of these kind of statements that are maybe cliche maybe a little hokey but man, I find myself like LNTC, leave nothing to chance, you know, make a difference and all this stuff that just constantly is popping into my head. I'm like, son of a gun. He was right all along. You know,
1: that's spot on the truth. And we actually had, uh, my, um, I, I have all four or five year bad manuals. They're all sitting, uh, Me too, man. Just, it's it's fun. Like be able to read through and be like, Oh yeah, I remember that game. I remember this, I remember that. Just kind of brings you back and that's your spot on. We're having, uh, uh, all these little one-liners, these little one sayings that you might, you know, at the time you're sore, you're beat up, you just want to go home and you know, have a PB and J or some crappy little pizza deal. And now, now when you get to be our age, you're like, man,
0: that is the truth. That's life. That's living. One old yeah, absolutely. Especially leave nothing chance for me. I mean, make a difference is very, um, you know, philosophical. Like you know, do what you can to win where you're at and benefit the lives of of others and those closest to you. But in terms of leave nothing to chance, like you were talking about how you excelled in law school and that uh, the pairing that you had with your wife. And it's like, I think one of the things that is the most beneficial aspect of football for young men is teaching them how to prepare for something where, where they aren't, they're not the main thing, but they're a part of the whole. Right. And, and I think one of the most uh, impactful things, and Ryan, you talk about this that I learned, um, was when you watch film, you're never watching film for the thing that you did good. <laughs> you're breaking down your performance, you're deconstructing it, and you're analyzing what you could do to take that one next step forward to get that 1% better. Um, what's your, what was your experience like as far as that, like that you took away from football? And that's, that's the thing I love the most about it
1: is, you know, it, it's it's funny that we've been about a decade out now, you never remember the, the best place you had, right? You always remember the ones that ah, I let up this sack or I let up this miss this tackle, blah, 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 blah. That's something that you always try to strive to get better. I listen to a lot of podcasts, I listen to a lot of uh, like motivation and leadership, and that's that's kind of what life is about, right? It's always been trying. If you're just average, if you were just complacent, you had nothing to try to get better for. What does that give you a reason to try to get better for? There's not there's nothing there. If you're always staying complacent, you're always staying the same. Yeah. You gotta have that way to keep getting better, keep grinding. And I know you know, Meadows put that into me pretty quick. Um like I said, you know, walking on for three years, you know, just having to move around, bounce around position from left guard, right guard to center, and it you know, hey, you gotta keep getting better, keep getting better. Even though you might have had a great block on uh Fisher or whoever, while you feel as yeah. bad or you're pads were high whatever it was you got to keep getting better and that's i think that's probably one of the biggest things i could tell these kids is yeah great you, you played five years at state uh, maybe you'll get a shot in the pros maybe you won't um, but now what you know now what are you going to do once the lights are off once uh, the pads are hung up what are you going to be now that makes you uh, be proud you know find something that you actually want to strive for to to compete to keep getting better and that's i can't stress that enough with a lot of these kids that you know, I think a lot of them think that and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you think you graduate from S D S U, you have, you know, a three O GPA, you're a great football player in all America and all this. Well, once once it's all done, what do you have now? You gotta rely on your education, you gotta rely on your yeah. smarts and um, you know, if you if you if you're complacent about just being average,
0: well there's nothing wrong with that, but why be average when you can be great? Indeed. Indeed. Why be average when you can be great? And part of being great that we kind of glossed over that. I uh, definitely want to pinpoint. So your wife is also a lawyer.
1: Yeah. And so she, uh, she was a state grad. We played football with her cousin, Conrad. And so, uh, dad uh, Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the old, Oh man. The old dad connection out West. And so, uh, at the very first day of law school, uh, we get up talking, You got to introduce yourself and she introduces herself. And I was like, man, right there alone there's some sort of connection, some sort of bond. And, uh we hit it off and never looked back i guess yeah no she's a lawyer which is probably the best thing for me though in, in law school i could you know me i get easily distracted whether it be having fun <laughs> lifting weights or whatever hunting yeah. fishing and she's like no we gotta study we gotta read we gotta learn you gotta be better and i i give a lot of that you know a jacket mentality where you know every single night from four o'clock to ten o'clock we're in the library reading books and studying that. Just the grind. Just find a way to get better, whether it be uh, by reading, by learning, or just by studying and making better study habits.
0: To find a way to get better. yeah. Those cursed dads, man, they don't shy away from hard work. <laughs> like Conrad was the most quiet dude I've ever run across in my life, but that that kid could ball. That's and uh, that's... you know you talk about injuries, man. His his injury was one of those ones that you're like, dang, uh, you know, just don't want to get into specifics too much, but just like basically took him off the field for his senior year. And that was, you know, that was a hard thing to watch, but no, man, you you hit the nail on the head. You found a good compliment in, uh, in your wife and that's just super unique that you guys are both in the same field. You're both able to, you know, pick each other's brains and kind of, you know, learn from one another, I'm sure. And and keep each other sharp. Um, and you guys got a kiddo, right? You bet. We got a little three-year-old girl
1: that, uh, uh, keeps us plenty busy and, uh so no it's 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 been fun. It seems like like you said, you know, it kinda keeps us both sharp and um it, it's it was really fun actually running a practice with her just by being able to like, you know, bounce ideas off talk things. You know, she was a prosecutor, I was a defence and a defence attorney and just so we could kind of see from different angles, you know, kinda see which one to play, which card to play and Oh yeah. You know, it was it was it's it was fun. It was a great opportunity for us and you know, without my old man being there helping us out, I I tell you what, it was it was a grind because, you know, you would you need to have a mentor if you go off on your own. And, you know, we were in the middle of nowhere by ourselves with great help from him and their firm. And it, it was it was fun. It was nice, uh, nice to be able to work together uh, within the law firm. But Now it's even it's it's even more fun being able to say, like, hey, you know, if we're going to talk about this subject, you know, let's make sure we're teaching the same thing. So all of our students learn the same thing to make sure that there is no ifs or buts about who the best students are, you know, who can test the best, who can grade the best, who can, um, who really deserves, you know, if we're going to help them go to law school, who really should be there. So, you know, it's, it's fun. It's it's a really good, um, she's really good at reading, really good at writing, Where my
0: background's more about the math and the science. And so yeah. we complement each other really well with that. That's good, man. Yeah, we touched on that in some of the earlier podcast episodes when we are talking about, you know, now Jimmy being the D coordinator along with, uh, uh, coach Bergstrom, um, being a compliment, not a duplicate in terms of personality and kind of your approach so that you can just work to becoming a more well-rounded unit as a whole. And, uh, you know, that's, that's great. That's an aspect where, um, you know, where it carries over into family life as well. You want to be a good compliment to one another. And, uh, you know, you, you brought up a good point, man, that I, it doesn't matter if our listeners are 20 years older than you and I, or, you know, five, 10 years younger than us, you got to find a mentor, man. Nobody can go it alone, especially when you, you're trying to find your way, re, re uh, rediscover your identity post playing ball and something to that effect, find someone that you admire, that you, uh, that you want to emulate and uh, you know, attach yourself to their hip and just try to, to go hard and earn your stripes. And I think uh, your, your path will become more and more clear as you go. I, I
1: completely agree with you on that. And that's, you know, not to, not to take away from what we've talked about so far, but that, that's a big part of this idea of the JFPA, right? Where you got to find people that you want to be like, you got to find people that actually can help you achieve your dreams, whether it be uh, educational, whether it be uh, uh, financial, whether it be athletic, whatever it is, you got to find someone that makes you want to push to get yourself stronger, faster, smarter, whatever it is. Um, And that's what I'm hoping to get with a lot of this JFPA is where there's a lot of old guys out there. And I know some of you are listening to right now, whether it be five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years that have great careers, have um, a great head on their shoulders, got a great family and they have, you know, whatever, whatever it be, a, a financial advisor, whether it be a lawyer, whether it be whatever that, you know, there's a lot of young guys that need to have some sort of mentor, someone that. Can help them out. Well, if you guys are looking for help, you know, look look no further than the JFPA. Where you, if you know that you played for Stig for three, four, or five years, these guys also play for Stig. So it's the same mentality, same mindset, same uh, uh, hard work, same effort. And I know, like we could joke about the stadium, we could joke about all the nice stuff they got. But tomorrow morning, I just got off the phone with Jimmy and Luhan. They got practice at six a.m. They got to grind out of practice early morning. Uh, get the guys better, get mind right, body ready. Have a couple days off to start uh, dress up for Valley play, and so it's the same concepts, same thing. They might have nicer things, but man, there's some salt of the earth type of dudes on this football team that that's what makes it fun for you know me to help mentor, me to help guide, but also just to kind
0: of cheer them on on, on Saturdays. That's awesome, man. That's great stuff, and and yeah, I, I couldn't agree more in terms of just. Uh, broadcasting the message out there about the jackrabbit football players association, understanding it's a collective brotherhood. Like I don't care if I've never met you before or, you know, we don't have anything in common. If you need something, I'm going to, I will be there for you. And that's not lip service either. It's like, I I cannot wait to network and, and broaden my own professional base and, and uh, base of friends too. So um, I think it's just great. And uh, it's, it's a good bond when you can, lean on one another pick each other's brains um you know however many alumni we have in the in the how many how many alumni do we have stig always used to bring it up the beginning of can
1: yeah no we have uh, uh i just actually had a presentation about it to the 70s group and we have
0: 1130 living alumni um as of today and so that- so 1130 folks with different backgrounds rich experiences just 1130 different brains to pick and and pull information from to help you know bolster what we got going here which is what matt tollison ben and brendan and i are all talking about which is winning at every level you know the jacks are winning in recruiting the jacks are winning in fundraising in donorship the jacks are winning in coverage and you know now we just need to take that next step and kind of build momentum um as far as the Jackrabbit football players association goes and, and understand that we're giving back um, to one another and to the squad. So I'm, I'm excited about what you're doing. And, and I, I tell you what, it was really cool last weekend.
1: We had, uh, uh, we gave Stig roughly $15,000 uh, from, I don't know, there's 150 of us now. Uh, we gave him 15 K at the beginning of the fall camp and said, man, like we'll, we're we're gonna keep building this. We're gonna keep building this. For those of you who are listening, for NDSU's reference, uh, they gave back their their Bison FBA gave back. I want to say it was just north of a million. It's like one point one million bucks. They have a hundred. Wow. They have a hundred percent buy in. They redid the locker room. They buy all this stuff for the guys, and it, it's a well oiled machine. Obviously, we just started this up, but nonetheless, I tell Stig, me Parker, uh, Buyer, Manette. Uh, a couple of the older guys, Steve Pierce, and these guys have been around. Said, "Hey, look, here's you know fifteen fifteen thousand bucks. We're gonna get better. I promise you, we'll keep getting better." As a result, we actually got the CCR, the Shequin Champions Room, for one football game, and um, we didn't. We had a pretty good JFPA turnout. I think we had about forty guys and their spouses. But what was the coolest part for me to see was our tailgate site, the JFPA site, is right next to the current players' parent site. And so they came over and they were just kind of having a few beers and like you know why don't you guys come up this is a networking opportunity for you guys as parents that your kids will soon be up here your kids will soon be with us they'll soon be part of the JFPA you give us 100 bucks buy in and I, I Kyle I tell you what it was it was like a, a pancake fee I mean they were throwing us money left and right just to come up and experience what the brotherhood's all about and at the end That's of the night the move it, it is, you know, Kubish was up here, Tyler Cook, Trevor Hone, a lot of these guys are up here and we're sitting there, we're cracking jokes, having fun, laughing. And as we're about ready to leave, uh, the guys were like, you know, some of the parents came up like, you know, this is, this is remarkable. Even though they're four years older than you, I saw you talking to Taryn Christian. I saw you talking to Ona Sorge I saw you talking to Nick Carr, all these young guys. Like it's, it's like this bond. I said, yeah, I, it it's not like, nebraska i've never played at nebraska we played against them we should have beat them but i, I don't know anything <laughs> about it but all i know is this is it, if you play for stig if you play for the jacks there's this legacy this tradition that is is it, it can't be broken if you saw some guy wearing a jfpa hat in puerto rico you're like wow i already know who that dude's already about i know what he i know what his life is like i know he probably played at Coughlin or at the dyke house wherever like it just, you already know who this guy is. You go up, strike a conversation, you're friends. And that's, that's, that's probably the coolest part about being a part of the JFPA, helping out with the JFPA, but also uh, because of Stig. I mean, it really, it comes down to Stig, his tradition, his values, his morals, his um, everything that really shaped,
0: he's made a really big difference for a lot of guys. It's, it's really cool to be a part of it. I know. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of one of those things that you, you look up and as you see, year after year go by and you see the culture that they've built really get deep rooted you kind of look at it dumbfounded and and you almost pinch yourself like what the heck did this thing become and you know we're not even done we're just beginning like you said even the jfpa is just just getting getting uh geared up and and ready to go and and just kind of you know catapult itself into the next uh the next phase here and just been able to do with his philosophy, the Jackrabbit way type deal. Um, you know, the recruits he's been able to earn. Cause you know, he's not a, I don't know if everybody knows this, but he, he himself didn't play college football he just had a pure love of the game. And I think in certain instances like that, like when we were uh, a trailer coaching facility office and we had grandstand bleachers and we had the Coughlin alumni, um, a stadium up there. it was it was one of those things like if you love ball, you'll come play here. If you don't, you'll be worried about the distractions or you know whatever else you can get caught up in, you know, and and I think that you started to see that blue collar salt of the air kind of take shape as far as laying the foundation. and then they know exactly what they want. We know what we're about. And we know what we're not about. So I think that's been really awesome to see from afar because it hasn't changed. it It's been a
1: blast to see. You know, like you said, we we came up just wanting to play football. And it, I, you say what you want about Stig, uh, uh, from a coaching standpoint, maybe he has a bad call here and there, whatever, but he's brought up some serious dudes throughout the year. Oh, yeah. On absolutely nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you look at Danny Batten, Jimmy Rogers, exactly Andrew Johnson, Knips, Koskovich, uh, uh, Koshart, some of these guys underneath us, even that you know, there's no reason why they should be here. If you, if you look at our field, we had to pick rocks for one whole spring practice. Like you can't gravel pit, baby. <laughs> and, 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 and people are like, no, I can't be accurate. You're lying. Like you have no idea. We didn't have
0: hot water in the showers, like no doors on the stalls. And this is not, this is not some pity party, man. We're not like uh, we, it came, it came to the point where it, it humbled us, man. All we wanted to do was play ball. And that's, it cut a lot of the distractions out, but, but, yeah, man, it, it was, it's really been remarkable what he's been able to do. And he plays coy a lot. He knows exactly what he's doing. If you ever get him on the board, like, he knows football, man. He, he isn't <laughs> any slouch. No, he's not. And that's, uh,
1: that's what, the, you know, like you said, love of the game for him is really, um, you know, he, he knows what's going on. He knows the defense. He knows the offense. He knows what's happening. He knows how to reach out to students. He knows how to reach out to kids. He knows how uh, uh, to be able to recruit him, to bring them on. It, it's an honor to actually say you played for him, and and even more so too. I don't know if you remember the Minnesota 0-9 pregame speech with Jimmy Rogers. For those of you who don't know, now he's a D coordinator. He was a linebacker here for years, but his whole wet socks speech. You know, we, we had wet socks. We didn't have any, nothing yeah. was dry. We didn't have anything right, and that's you know to keep these kids on, to keep them coming to play. Man, it's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable what he has been able to do with really you know, kind of a shoestring budget. And now all of a sudden, I know a lot of people are like, wow, I got this big stadium. They got the Dyke House Indoor Center. They got this, that, the other thing. Well, it's not like, you know, it's not like it's still free. It's not like it. Yeah, we bring in good recruits. And I I, I was talking to a couple of kids in my class the other day. Oh, I'm going to go out to Nebraska. I'm going to go up to Minnesota. I'm like, why? Well, I got to watch some football. I'm a Gopher fan. I'm a Hawkeye fan. I'm like, you know, some of these dudes out here on Saturday, they might not have the notoriety from ESPN. But we're watching some pretty damn good football that Stig has been able to bring in. That, you know, uh, from Taryn Christian to Ona Sorgi to Tiano to Jordan Brown to Goddard. This isn't like, you know, I, much as I hate uh, every other school in the state, this isn't like Augustana. This isn't like USF. This isn't like USD. Like, there's some dudes playing football up here that need your help, need your support. And that's,
0: you know, kind of the background of the of JFPA. Yeah, man, and it's definitely carried. I mean, I know you, as far as being on the outside looking in to the, to the lay fan, you're probably not going to – I mean, they do know who South Dakota State is. They have heard of us, especially dropping 41 on TCU and smacking Kansas around and getting the W there and, you know, coming a field goal short here and there against Minnesota multiple times um, back when we were what, – what did they call us in the Nebraska paper – um, Twinkies, and then in the follow-up article, they called us Twinkies loaded with nails because we were slapping them around. It's like, it's like, you know, I, I love, I love always being the underdog. I like being slept on, um, and I think that you know, it's really interesting. You you bring it up. We were talking about Stig and his ability to really build a culture and what he's done there. Um, I talked about it on a pre. I think the, the the sign of an excellent coach, in my opinion, is is who you can surround yourself with, and if you look at. Just a quick check-in for the where are they now. Coach Lee, former linebacker coach, when we won a conference title in 07, Um, he's now the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Coach Meadows, our OC and O-line coach, he's now the O-line coach at Kansas, had stints at uh, Southern Miss when they did really well, Florida International – or, I'm sorry, Florida Atlantic. Then at Florida International, you had Coach Conklin, Josh Conklin, who's now uh, head coach at Wofford. But previously, he was the D coordinator at Pitt. I mean, we got guys now. Like, don't let it fool you. We we know football in South Dakota, and we ball. So,
1: <laughs> No, man, you're spot on, and that's what's cool about it. That's what I think helps out with a lot of these recruits. I mean, some of these guys, they're bringing in Kyle. I mean, they're they, – you you know, they talk about offers. Well, we have all the Mac school offers, but I'd rather come for a half ride right at SDSU just because that's who you guys are. I'm like, holy hell. I mean, that, that's cool. That's awesome that – you know, you're turning down some of these big schools. We had some guys that turned down. You know, Wyoming turned down Air Force because they yeah. they know that hey, look, if I if I can go to SDSU, it's a nose mentality. It's a it's a hard, uh, drawn out fight mentality. I go up there, I start for four years, I put my name out there on the list that yeah, you know, you might have a chance to play in the NFL now because now all of a sudden you've earned your stripes, and That's what that's what Stig is built. That's what, in my opinion. What's what the team that really turned uh, the ship, and I, much as it pains me to say it, just because I know a lot of guys on the team, uh, was that 07 crew, right? When we beat, yeah, uh, NDSU at home when they're the number one team, they beat up on Minnesota pretty bad. They beat up on Central Michigan, but the guys that Stig yeah. brought in um, at that year, and all of a sudden now, I mean, it's it's a well-oiled machine up here. It's it's fun to be a part of.
0: Yeah, and it's cool to see that you know now championships and the playoffs are the standard and national title is the expectation. Well, I've mentioned it before. Why are you, get, why are you going to go to some, you know, overlooked bowl game that maybe, you know, a couple hundred thousand people watch just as background noise during their holiday season, where you can instead go to an FCS power that's going to play more games because they're going to get opportunities to play games through a solidified <laughs> playoff system. Or, you know, and play for national titles, or you can go to to a lackluster bowl. What I mean, what are you going to choose? Exactly. You know? Well,
1: exactly. And why would you want to be a part of some, you know, jalopy Mac school or some low level Big Ten or low level Big Twelve, when you can go up and be at the top of the top, a top three team every single year? And like you said, you know, you actually go play in the playoffs. You actually can go play all these games where you are the underdog, so you could make a statement by. Punching some dude in the mouth by making a making a difference. Why would you? Why would you go play for some of these crappy schools? Why would you want to do that, right? And so, no, it's, exactly. It's it's, it's it's the mentality. It's the embodiment of what Stig has built uh, from the D two phase up to the Division One. I. I mean, there was a big push that you now can't coach at Division One. SDSU shouldn't be Division One. Now all of a sudden, it's like, you know, we should be winning Natty titles. We should be doing that every single year. That's there's no doubt about it. We've been so dang close every single year. And I know close only matters in horseshoes and hand grenades, but from now on, man, I mean that's that's the expectation.
0: Yeah, man. And, you know, if if we uh, if we look at it, you know, moving forward, I, I really think the sky is the limit in terms of, you know, winning at every level. If we start to get the JFPA um, built up, get that message broadcast out there. I mean, I mean, who knows? Look at the types of recruits we're getting in. Um, pulling from all over and kind of one thing I wanted to highlight just in, in talking about, you know, where you want to go, what you want to be a part of. If you're a young kid from South Dakota, I mean, speak to your experience. What's it like playing for your hometown squad build something that's And
1: that's, I, I cannot emphasize this point enough. It, it, it growing up in South Dakota, growing up in Sioux Falls, you know, you always hear about the Coyotes, you always hear about the Jacks, the Wolves, all this stuff. But everybody knows, everybody knows there's only one team in the state that actually matters. Everybody knows this is where I want to go to school, and it's you know whether it be academic-based, pharmacy, nursing, engineering, business, whatever. But everybody knows in their gut that if you want to if you want to play for any Division One university in the state, it's at SDSU. There's no doubt about it, no ifs, ands, buts. And so now all of a sudden you get a lot of these Sioux Falls kids that. For years, ah, South Dakota can't play football. South Dakota can't do this. South Dakota can't do that. Uh, every single there, every single person there has been a bust. Yada yada yada. Insert excuse. Well, now all of a sudden, you got guys, um, the Yankee Twins up here, the Eddie Millers of the world, the Preston Tetzloffs of the world. That, hey, you know, if we want to play for the premier school in South Dakota and make our name, uh, make a name known for us. We're going to SDSU. You're not going to USD. You're not going to go to Augustana. You're not going to go to Black Hills State or whatever it is. You're going to SDSU. And so if I have a lot of these guys, there's some damn good football being played in Sioux Falls. If you want to go play for a natty, if you want to go make a difference for the state, go actually have an opportunity to play for a natty, you're going to SDSU. So to change the whole mindset, to change this whole argument that there is no football to be played in South Dakota, man, like now all of a sudden – you know, think about if you were a recruit at the Minnesota game, and you were from Sioux Falls, Washington, uh, Sioux Falls, Lincoln. Throw a hill in the little shout out. Where, where <laughs> would you go? Right, you're going to watch Minnesota. We just we beat them left and right. Even though on the scoreboard, they finally they took us late, but we had more yards. We had more. T- we had all this stuff. We we were the better team, no doubt. Where are you going? You know, like I go play for a crappy Big Ten Minnesota team that can't seem to get their groove going or I go to SDSU, I can make a difference. I could change. I could change uh, the whole dynamic that now Minnesota is not going to schedule us anymore. Now Iowa State's not going to schedule us because now they know uh, who we are. And so, yeah, no, it's been fun. It's been fun to, um, to see where we came from, the old trailers where you had you, know, you had red X's where you can and cannot step in the old trailer, <laughs> trailer rooms to where they have now, where they have helmet, uh, cooling pads I mean, it's insane
0: absolutely insane <laughs> yeah i mean and you know you're starting to really see that carry over into conversions too because i remember like when we were when we were playing ball like uh probably 2008 2009 ish some of those super <laughs> recruits that were big big names were kind of trickling elsewhere here and there we were winning some uh but but now it's like you look you look throughout the uh The rosters and it's like Sioux Falls, Washington, Roosevelt, you got O'Gorman, you know, we're really cleaning house in the Sioux Falls area, which we need to, you need to win where you're at. And I think that that's been a great uh, nod to the whole approach as far as recruiting goes is winning the state because it's a blue state and it'll always be a blue state. Um, And then as far as, you know, winning those other elite athletes that you think can really be a significant piece to the puzzle is is clutch too. Like we're we've got the Nebraska Jacks pipeline. Do you want to go compete for low level Big Ten, you know, opportunities and and things like that in Nebraska or do you want to come to South Dakota State and compete for a natty? I mean it's just the formula is already laid out in front of you. And if you're going if you're a tweener, you want to go play special teams at Nebraska, like some of our teammates who who left us and, and would go walk on in Nebraska try to earn their stripes. I'll never knock a guy for that. But keep it in perspective and understand your opportunity. And, you know, it, there's a formula to this thing. And and I like the formula that we're putting together at State. So, yeah,
1: I, I love it. And, you know, you're spot on with a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, we got to win where we're at. You got to win the Sioux Falls market. You got to win uh, the, the, the Rapid City market. And I think Stig's done, and a lot of the coaches too, I mean, give them some credit the Dan Jacksons of the world, the uh, Christian Smiths of the world, the Lujans of the world, where they're going out to, you know, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of where Xavier Ward's from. Canastota, I believe. And then you got guys from uh, Winter with Krakow, Krolikowski. A lot of these guys that would typically fall through the cracks without having huddle, without having all these names out there. But these guys can play football. There's no doubt about it, right? And so it, it's it, it's remarkable to see how they've been winning the entire state they've been actually pulling in the best recruits and yeah, I know yeah, you want to go play for Nebraska. I, I get it. Right. You're going to go play for Memorial stadium. You're to go play for Scott Frost and all this, but you know, at some point, if you're a tweener, if, if you really love football, man, it, you're not going to find a better program than SDSU and
0: uh, Missouri Valley, man. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, switching gears a little bit, here, keep it up, make it a little lighter. You and I, I feel like we're, we're trying to, do all we can to strap the pads on again or something here. you got the eye black. I mean, send it my way. Um, but so, you know, when you're around guys 24 seven and you're in the locker room and you're on the football field, you're in class, funny stories emerge, right? Like just hilarity ensues. What are some of your um, fondest memories and what is, uh, one of the funniest stories that you could tell on air? Remember that (laughs) on air, keep it, uh, (laughs) <laughs> probably PG 13. I guess we get flirt with that a little bit.
1: <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot that goes through my head right now. Uh, a lot of them, you know, like this is the best part about this is that a lot of them come from the guys come from, you know, whether it be late nights in the summer, whether it be uh, long days on the bus, whatever it is, it, it gets to be fun. My, you know, I, I got memories. I got memories of, uh, uh of, of trying to talk to Witzman on the line. I got memories of talking to Parker. I got memories of listening to Big Mitch tell stories and uh, listening to Kubish and Jimmy go at it. I'd, I'd probably say uh, one of the better stories I got in it, to keep it as, as PG as possible, uh, for those of you guys listening, we, we used to have to do a senior skit <laughs> we, during fall camp, to lighten the mood up. And I don't know if you remember, Kyle, but we did the old – uh, uh, uh What was it? Nick Fartley. Byer played Nick Fartley. And they're following us around. Oh, that was
0: classic.
1: And we made fun of everybody from Mike lean to Domino to, uh, Dirk cool to general to all these. Oh, nobody's
0: safe. Nobody's safe.
1: Nope. Nope. Nobody. Absolutely. Nobody is safe. And that was to me where you actually got to be with the seniors again. You know, the guys that actually made through, um, that to me was probably one of my fonder memories is, just sitting there, kind of shooting the breeze and making some stupid video. That Stig, you know, bless his heart, he he didn't get half the half the jokes. Just because he, he, I'm I'm glad he didn't. I should, maybe I should say that I'm glad he didn't get half the jokes because some yes, of them were exactly. pretty, But that, you know, between that, then uh, you know, give a little love to to Seth Daughters and to John Fix, Tyrell Cools of the world. You know, every single year we go out to Rattlesnake Butte to shoot pheasants and. Yeah, I wouldn't have known, well, I wouldn't have known you, I wouldn't have known half these guys if it was not for Stig. And so some of these stories that, you know, shooting pheasants, going to, to Dallas, South Dakota, for those of you who know, you know. Um, it, it's just been, I mean, to keep it as, as light as possible, it's it's just been fun. It's been fun to hang out with the guys. It's even more fun now that some of the stories emerge, They they, they keep getting a little more wild and wild, but... <laughs> You know, we'll save those for
0: another time. But yeah, I man, I couldn't agree more. I, I think one of the, I mean, there's a lot to pull from. But you know, what I would ask you, and, and what you might say in response is for me, it was the bus rides with, um, and you know, it's always broken down. It, it kind of silos in in football once you hit the collegiate level. Like defensive bus, it's all defensive guys. Offensive bus is all the offensive guys when you're when you're uh, transported to a road game, but For those of you who don't know, Kyle Manette, All-American running back, was McKnight, my running back, when we were playing there. He's an incredibly intelligent kid, and he would get into – uh, debates with people, but if you ever made Manette laugh, good grief, <laughs> that would just make everybody laugh even harder because that kid has a world class laugh. I'll tell you what, <laughs> so don't take my word for it. I Guess you had to be there, but uh, if you ever run across Kyle Manette, try to uh, try to get him to give you a little laugh. <laughs> I, I be could, a real knee slapper. I can attest to that. He's got a good laugh. He's got
1: a great personality. Just a great, great human being, and that's that is accurate. He's got a. If you ain't laughing if he's laughing, you he got some issue with you, man. Like he's, that's just who he is. It's, it is funny. It is funny.
0: That's good stuff, man. Well, great, Ryan. I, I really appreciate your time, man. Let's uh let's hammer this, this down real quick. Again, if people want to get in touch with the Jack football players association, if you're a former alumni or, or uh, you know, just want to do your part to help out, um, how can they get in touch with you? Yes,
1: find me on Facebook, Ryan McKnight. You could even uh, look up the uh, JFPA. We got a Facebook page. Uh, I'll give some love to Ona Sorgi. Um, You know he's, he was a I think he's a three time All-American Center after I got out of there, uh, Remington Award winner, all that kind of stuff. One of the best dudes that you can ever meet in your life. His girlfriend um, is she actually created a whole website for us that will hopefully be up by the time this podcast gets out. Uh, but otherwise, you know, send me an email, jackrabbitfpa at gmail.com. Um, again, Ryan McKnight, JFPA on Facebook. Uh, you reach out to Alex Parker. He's the secretary. Uh, there's there's a lot of ways to get a hold of us. The, the best way, I mean, you can give him my cell phone. Just find some old players. There's, there, we got 150 right now that are currently active in the JFPA. Um we need everybody. We need all hands on deck. Because I think if I could if I could stress anything, and I appreciate you guys having me come on and, and kind of tell some old war stories and kind of do some of this old stuff, but that, I, we can't play anymore. Yeah, I, I can't. I've, I've, it's been a decade since I put on the pads, and I actually put my helmet on for the first time in probably four years. My head still hurts now. But we can't do any of this. <laughs> the only thing we could do to help out is give back somewhat financially. And I, and I was so damn sick of my money if I give it to, you know, the foundation, if I give it to whoever else, you know, bless their heart, they got their own thing. I can understand. But, you know, maybe five, ten bucks would go back to the sting This whole concept of the JFPA, we're not making a single cent. We're not, you know, pocketing any of this. Every single dollar we raise, every single donation we get in, all of that literally goes to the football team. I can promise you that. I can tell you that time and time again. We got a golf tournament. We've got a pheasant hunt coming up. we got some. Uh, ice fishing stuff going on. Every single thing that you give to us, will go back and make a difference for Stig and the football team. And so I, I hope you guys join. I hope you be a part of this. I hope you can, you know, the 1130 living alums, I, I get it. We can't get everybody. But if we get a thousand people, we could really make a difference for Stig, help him pay for scholarships, help him pay for uh, meals at night, help him pay for some of these things that we never got. But in order for us to uh, win a national title, uh, they need, absolutely need. And so if you don't believe me, look up the bisonfpa.com or .org or whatever it is. This is wh- where they're at. I, I Man, i insert expletive here. I absolutely <laughs> hate the bison with all my heart and soul. We have to be better than them. There's no doubt about it. So yeah, no. Uh, Ryan McKnight on Facebook, JFPA on Facebook. If, you, if you're still lost, email Stig.
0: He'll kick you over to me. so He'll get you connected. Absolutely. Ryan, um, I think another thing to, to note here, too, is not only is this are, are these dollars, if, if, if you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, not as connected with the football team anymore, don't really know any of the recruits, don't live in South Dakota, you know, I'm out here in Texas, I'm just doing what I can to give back to the organization. I love the game of football think of your dollars is going to develop these young men who might not have otherwise had any opportunity or any, any path forward to do something um, outside of high school with their lives. Think of it as a way to (laughs) keep them fed at the level they need to be fed when they're busting it um, in the classroom, on the field, trying to maintain weight because coach Mo is definitely going to, you know, do what he can to pound on them and make sure they're prepared and resilient and ready to go. But, uh, you know, it takes a lot to feed these 605 hogs and the the beast of an interior D-line we got now and Christian <laughs> blowing like he's been using, you know, the best conditioner available. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of backing. So and keep it, um, keep it in mind. And there's great stuff you guys do too, right? Like you're doing golf tournaments yeah. and things of that nature and just getting people organizing together man and that,
1: that's you know kind of hitting on that too i mean keep in mind you know stig loves it and stig wants to help out any which way he can because this is stuff that these are former brothers former uh, people that he's coached that are his friends his family Cause that's what we are we're a big family and so if, if you do join up you'll get a nice yeti mug you get the opportunity to buy all this team issued gear that you know it, i know you and me kyle we we didn't get that stuff we had you know a couple of shirts <laughs> and some old shorts that probably were the wrong size right well, now all of a sudden, hey, look, any dollar, there's anything you give to us, we'll give you a Yeti mug if you want to buy some team-issued gear. All of that money goes to the DMC, the the, the Difference Makers Club. And so literally every single opportunity you can will give you an opportunity to, to, to get some cool stuff. And also for the golf tournament, you know, Stig opened up and said, yeah, you could have my office for a game. You have sideline passes for a game. You have some club seats for a game. If you want to do this, do that. Like all we're trying to do – it's trying to get more guys to come back. And I know you can't make it to every game, especially you without being in Texas, but it, it, it's it's stuff that we need. It's stuff that we need to be able to grow to go from, you know, a, a, a top five team to the number one team. There's no doubt about it. Indeed, man.
0: Ryan, thanks so much, man, for your passion, your support, and highlighting the Jackrabbit Football Players Association here. I'm excited for what the Jacks are doing on the field so far this year and the things to come. Love you, buddy. Um, hopefully all you guys are still enjoying the podcast. If you want to connect with us and engage with us on Twitter, Kyle underscore Sheehan. That's me. You can DM me. Um, you can DM Matt Tollefson, um at JackRabbitIllustrated on Twitter. And then Ben and Brendan are also there. Um, you can check them out at their Twitter, Twitter handles on the next pod coming up this week. Um, appreciate you guys so much. Go big. Go blue. Go Jacks.
2: of the splitting hairs podcast by jackrabbit illustrated uh you have matt and kyle here with you again today kyle how you doing feeling good ready to get into hobo week absolutely yes and so kyle the listeners uh just got kind of a treat from you uh Got to listen to your conversation with uh, the Jackrabbit former Players Association leader, uh, Ryan McKnight. Uh, any any thoughts on that at this point? Yeah, it was exciting. You know, It was good to
0: catch up with Ryan. He's done a lot of great things since we both uh, hung up the pads. Uh, sounds like he's got things well-oiled as far as his career is going, his family life is going. And we dove into some good stuff, so hopefully you all enjoyed that. And uh, really some exciting things uh, coming down the pipe as far as the JFPA is concerned and, and really for the blue and yellow as a whole. So look forward to that to come
2: out. Good. Yes. I, uh, thank you for that time. Ryan, thank you for making the time to talk to Kyle and, and uh, your support of Jack Garbage Illustrated and what we're trying to do here. So appreciate it. So let's get in. As you mentioned, Hobo Week, the, the best day. Hobo Day is the best day. Hobo Week is the best week of the year. And uh, some of the things during Hobo Week definitely make me miss being a student, uh, for sure. I'm not sure how much you got to enjoy that, Kyle, but as a non-athlete or non-player, it was a great week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm pleading the fifth i definitely uh we shaved
0: we didn't shave for a while you know that was the one thing hey when i first uh got to state it was something like the new york yankees uh protocol where we weren't shave. or we would we would have to shave or they would like us to shave it was kind of a the unwritten rule that you better shave uh, especially on business trips or away games uh, you better take care of yourself make sure you're clean cut getting to class on time things of that nature Um, Same goes as far as class during Hobo Week, but we're allowed to be a little more scruffy, you know, honor the heritage that is the uh, weary Will and uh, dirty Lil out there and, you know, Mm -hmm. pay homage to them and the culture. So it's kind of cool uh, to experience that. Even Stig gets involved. Uh, I believe I saw your tweet out. It's good to to see Dallas Goddard rocking his uh, healthy beard. some some scruff as he's balling and uh how'd you feel about that Matt a little bittersweet yeah uh, the cheese heads got uh uh, you know got a little taste (laughs) of uh of the L column there
2: yes so I'm I'm a Packers fan and uh Kyle's Kyle's a Vikings fan so don't remind me after today yeah yeah you know I'm happy for Dallas like he grew up a Packer fan right so so for him to get to do a Lambo leap, that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily enjoyed seeing him uh, dominate on those <laughs> on those wham blocks. All I gotta time, say, like, man, the whole game. My oh, goodness, <laughs> indeed. And it was, you know, as a
0: former primary blocker, that was what my job was. I was I was more excited to watch him swipe or crack back on the D tackle there and just decleat him. I mean, ah. he, he he's putting on a clinic. So hat tip to. Uh, Coach Schleissner and Coach Eck and whoever's worked with them in the past, Coach Moore, whomever, um, just getting him ready to play. Obviously, the coaching staff there in Philly, but he, he absolutely, his feet are underneath him, his hands, his leg drive. It, in, and if you guys, guys want to understand football, Philly's putting on a clinic as far as their communication across the line. I don't, I don't care if you're a fan of the Eagles or not. Their communication across the line, watching how they they check stuff, they get into the proper play. It's just an absolute clinic. So it's good to see a uh, former blue and yellow tight end doing work there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. You know, uh, I was starting to get over it, but uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but no. It was honestly, it was really cool to see Dallas um, dominate. I think that was a great great performance by him and opened a lot of eyes, even if it wasn't uh, necessarily all in the. All in their passing game yeah, he was just Let me dominant put you
0: on the spot here Matt did you expect him to block at the level he is going into the league uh
2: no um yeah like I, mean. I, I think talking to coach Eck and Coach Schleisner about him uh, they, they were really like he can block he can block like they really they I, th- I feel they authentically believed it um I don't know if they expected him to be this dominant either um it's just our offense he didn't he wasn't asked to block he was asked to be a weapon and score touchdowns that's the point so. right there I mean yeah I
0: mean when you're only asked to do what you're asked to do you can only excel within that scope so it was I mean it's been incredible because like I mean he last year in the playoffs he had Mac on skates and was blocking him 10-15 yards downfield whether it was front side back side run I mean he was doing an incredible job and then this week, I mean, he, take, he took another step, and he's just bodying guys. He's got a body count stacking up here just for yeah. pancakes. And, and I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. I got to say, I, don't, I, I would call anyone a liar who said they, they anticipated that. But that's just a, a nod to him and trying to get better and wanting to take, a, to take his game to the next level and be a more complete tight end. So it's cool to see the Jacks do that and see guys who were wearing blue and yellow excel at the next level.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So good. So let's get into Southern Illinois here and talk. We're going to start with their offense today. And you said you've done done a little bit of digging on their offense. What would you find?
0: Well, Stone Labanowitz and
2: Karee Lyles, I feel like Dor- Dorothy
0: Mantooth might even suit up for them. Um, <laughs> that's a little, uh, old, uh, old, or not old school, but uh, Anchorman reference uh-huh, uh-huh. for you, Will Ferrell fans. But, uh, but yeah, man, some, uh, they got some A-list names, but Stone Labanowitz. I watched him play against Tennessee Martin. Um, you know, he, he only took a series, he got a shoulder injury there. And then you have Coray Lyle stepping in. Now he's an interesting story, right? So his dad, Kevin, played at Wisconsin quarterback and tight end back in the day his brother plays there currently as an offensive defensive line kind of hybrid bouncing back and forth he was a scottsdale community college transfer you know if you know if, if you're familiar with the jacks over the past 10 years or so we have definitely dipped into the arizona area with you know coach rogers being from hamilton high school and danny batten being a draft pick coming out of the chandler area and the gilbert area over there So, um, you know, there is some talent there, absolutely. So, in his his first career pass of the game against Tennessee Martin was a pick. Um, They were able to come back from a 14-0 deficit and get that W-28-14 win a couple weeks ago against them. Um, They do have some nice skill players. So, Javon Williams is their wildcat running back. So, they're going to run a pistol offense, which is very similar to what South Dakota State runs as far as some of their packages. So it's going to be great for our defense who's familiar with that type of a scheme. Um, they do uh, like to run the ball, but but their, uh, their head coach, Coach Hill, is a former quarterback. So they will probably try to move the ball downfield through the air. But in terms of um, preparation, knowing what you're going to get, knowing uh, kind of uh, – cohesive plan of attack. As far as the D is concerned, that's going to be nice. We're getting into conference play, so that's going to be good too. Um, seeing DJ Davis back there at running back. He, he does some nice things. He does have some skill, um, but uh, overall, you know, they have, they do have a nice win on their resume with an FBS win, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't get too carried away with that with, as UMass is kind of a glorified FCS product really. Yeah. We're uh, being frank. And then they did drop one to SEMO, who was ranked to start the year. But, uh, you know, I'm not too sure how to interpret that. And then they lost to Arkansas State at Arkansas State, which got absolutely drubbed by Georgia the week before. Um, didn't even score a point. So, you know, I think it, in terms of talent, South Dakota State's going to have them on both sides of the ball. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts uh, as far as the offense goes?
2: Yeah. So they, uh, I mean, they have some talent. And along the offensive line, uh, you know, Dye Jr., uh, Furcron, and Martin uh, have started a lot of games for them. Uh, they're they're returning starters. Uh, Martin started over thirty games, I think, for them. Thirty-two, yeah. And so there's some experience there. The right side, though, is completely new. Uh, DJ Davis and Landon Lenore are the two names that obviously jump out to Jackrabbit fans. They've made a lot of plays. Uh, and you mentioned, it's funny, you started with Lyles and mentioned him because the Jacks were tied to Lyles, um, in the rumor market, you know, last January as, as one of the potential quarterbacks that we were looking at bringing in. And, uh, he didn't end up here, obviously chose Southern Illinois. So maybe a better opportunity for him to see the field. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting now that he's ascended to be the starter, um, and I think those of us that were really watching um, are, are a little bit nervous because he's a playmaker. He showed some playmaking ability definitely at Scottsdale. Um, and so we'll see. I, I'm excited. Uh, their offense, again, is, uh, like you mentioned, it can be dynamic. It can be, um, you know, uh, it can be stress, stressful for the defense. Um, we'll see how much they watch that Southern Utah tape and try to dink and dunk their way down the field and maybe hope for a little more success in the red zone. Uh, so, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm excited to see them again. Uh, it's, it's kind of a fun group, uh, to play. Uh, their offense is always always explosive. So yeah, should be a fun, fun hobo day, at least from that standpoint. So.
0: Yeah. It seems like it's pretty wide open a lot like us. I did see, you know, they ran a diamondback type formation, but it was out of the wildcat, you know, so it wasn't a true diamondback. Um, but, you know, we've seen that against North Dakota State and the like. But um, I think in terms of talent, they are going to have some out there. They are going to – you know, they got some decent skill players mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at those positions wide out. But I think overall, if we just, uh, you know, adhere to our responsibilities, make sure we rally tackle, get to the ball, um, they're going to try to establish the run just so that they're not too one-dimensional. Um, I just I think we can keep them contained. I think that, yeah, you know, top to bottom, our depth overall and in, in the speed of our defense, our team defensive speed, I think is just going to overwhelm them. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess, uh, as, long as, as long as we can uh, do our 111th and try to take the ball away, uh, you know, force some turnovers, get them in long uh, behind-the-chain situations, I think we're going to be set to jet as far as everything goes uh, from the defensive side of the ball. Um, but what do you take uh, as far as them on on defense
2: well yeah the the two names that you need to know uh defensive and Anthony Knighton has, yep. has really been a menace the last couple of years i believe he is all valley last year 64 260 uh, i mean there's there's already been attention paid to him for potential pro pop pro prospects um, he's a heck of a player and then jeremy Chin. He's back at safety after a year at corner. Um, And Jeremy Chin's on on all the radars. You know, uh, uh, Nagy for the Senior Bowl has been tweeting about Chin a couple times. Um, You know, with that versatility, having played corner for about a year and a half and now being back in his natural position at safety, um, you know, he's a real playmaker, 6'3", 212, good ball skills. And so those two, you know, having a good defensive end and then, kind of a, a great strong safety, um, should be interesting. I'm excited to see those two. Um, Cody Kreider a, ta- a tackling machine from his linebacker position. A um, couple other Chuck players. Sullivan. Yeah, yep. Uh, another player, Bryce Notry, uh, was a heck of a player for him last year, but it appears he got hurt um, out of his linebacker position. And, you know, I don't know if he'll be back for this week or not. I'm not sure the extent of his injury, so.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, Anthony Knight, number 11 there, he's got great size. Um, he's got really good strength at the point of contact. Definitely look for him to be someone we need to keep an eye on as far as making sure we put a body on him, um, make sure we can lay on him in terms of that, that's offensive speak for getting a body on him and, and uh, trying to move him and get up to the second level. I would say that, you know, they do have a new D-line coach, new defensive coordinator, um, they basically have a quasi four-three or what is a four-two-five. So, for the the average listener out there who might not know what that means, that just basically means we got four down linemen, uh, two true linebackers, and five defensive backs. So, like a nickel, if you want to think of it in, in terms of that. So, I like playing defenses like that. When we played Southern Illinois back in the day, they were a multiple defense, a lot of. Three, four looks, just, just a lot of stuff like a lot of stunts, a lot of different weird blitzes, and and just things that they would throw at you to try to keep you off guard. A lot of smoke and mirrors, like Coach Meadows used to call it. Yep. And uh, what you want to do with that four-two-five run right at it. If you got an undersized linebacker in there, just get a body on him so that he's not filling uh, and fitting the gaps um, that you're leaving unaccounted for. Get a body on him, and then just uh, move those chains because that's. That's the name of the game. The Jacks will definitely want to establish the run with our bevy of backs that we've got, um, sprinkling the pass game, maybe get the ball out on the edge quickly, let those guys work in space, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, and, you know, that's exactly right. So, you know, size-wise, again, we have the advantage on size. Um, You know, looking at these linebackers, um, their D tackle, I remember this guy from last year, uh, Malik Haynes. 511, 334, (laughs) number 90. So he started all 10 games. Yeah. So, (laughs) so we don't see that many, you know, 330 pound defensive tackles um, throughout the year. And so we'll see. Uh, Our interior um, was maybe the shaky part of our offensive line in the non conference play. And we'll see how they, how they've uh, handled improvement week. So.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I heard Coach Eck on Twitter uh, highlighting some of the things they want to work on. Obviously, uh, we want to be better in the turnover margin game, but something that we kind of touched on but didn't address is specifically, as he brought up, is starting the game fast. You know, we want to get up on them quickly. We want put to the, put the pressure on them uh, to really feel like they've got to score, especially at an away game. Um, the crowd's going to be jumping because it's hobo day and uh, all the festivities that surround that are gonna create a lot more excitement. Uh, The student section's been popping this year. And and to be honest, we've taken a step each week so far, as far as attendance is concerned. So I I really like what we're doing there. Matt and I have talked about it a lot. It's like winning at every level, whether it be, you know, attendance, uh, donorship, the product on the field, we wanna win at every level here at State. So keep up the good work. Any students that are listening to this, We, we love the support. We love what you guys are doing. And then, uh, you know, I think that only help help the atmosphere, put the pressure on the opposing squad. So look to get up quickly. Like coach Eck talked about, what are your thoughts? What do you want to see this week, Matt?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, so I do need to go back just one second and mention, um, you, we we mentioned him when we were talking about offense. Um, but DJ Davis is just a tremendous special teams player. Yeah, Um, on punt and kick returns, he has the chance to either flip the field or score a touchdown Mm -hmm. anytime he touches the ball. So I I hope that's like a a personal challenge to our coverage units to not let him have a big game-changing return um, because he has that potential every time he gets it on one of those return opportunities. Um, Yeah, and we've
0: we've seen the impact special team makes, so we know know about that. Yeah.
2: So what I'm looking for this week is a, a complete performance. You know, I want to see four quarters stacked together of, of jackrabbit football. And what you absolutely mentioned and what Coach Eck mentioned is, is 100% correct, in my opinion. Uh, that's, that's starting fast, and that's something we just haven't seen this year, um, at least not out of the offense. And, and I think they're fully capable. I'd love to see them come out with a script um, this week and really, really take advantage of it. Jump on them early, um, make them chase. And, uh, you know, let our defense play aggressive and, and pin their ears back and get after this, uh, this new quarterback.
0: Yeah, I think we'll be able to force him off his spots, disrupt his timing. I, I really do believe that the Jacks have one of, if not the best defensive lines in the nation. Now, that, that doesn't mean anything if we don't get it done in Valley play, because the Valley is the standard. In um, watching one of the publications of SIU this year, some of the announcers were saying it's the SEC <laughs> of the FCS. And it, and, it, and it really is. It has been for some time now um, with some seasons being able to kind of be exchanged with the CAA there, I believe. And, and you know, hit or miss with the big skies. They're kind of top-heavy some years. But, but overall, it's a, such a quality conference. We need to get it done. We need to get it done at home. And, uh, you know, like you said, like Coach X said, we need to apply the pressure early. Um, It'll be interesting. I'm not sure if Romier Elliott is available, but he's kind of, you know, one of the freshmen that they thought was going to be a pretty explosive playmaker for him. Um, I'm not sure if he's done for the year or not, but uh, I haven't heard too much about him. But, you know, whoever whoever suits up and whoever is on the field for the Jacks, they just need to, you know, rally tackle, continue to do what they've done in uh, in out of conference play and uh, get that ball uh, back to the offense so they can do their work.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm predicting, I think, uh, something along the lines of like, uh, judging with the weather too, it's not supposed to be the nicest day, something like 38 to 14, something like that is my prediction.
0: Oh, nice. That's, uh, yeah, I, we were cl- I felt like I was going to be close before with those missed field goals. Um, I'm not disappointed that, that Southern Utah shanked them or got them blocked or whatever happened, but, uh. But you were spot on with your prediction last week. What was it, 35-7 or so? Yeah. And we ended up, yep. we ended up doing, doing the job there. But um, if I had to guess what I saw, we had improvement week. If we take the steps we need to take, I'm going to go
2: 35-10. All right.
0: Yeah, thirty-five, ten, 10 jacks for sure. Um, I think that we're just going to be too much on the ground. I, I think that uh, – I think they they might move the ball here and there. I think they're going to dink and dunk. Yep. I, I really – I I would be shocked if they – I mean, they're going to take try to take some shots downfield. But um, I think overall they're going to try to, you know, not go broke by taking a profit. But that's just not going to get it done. And uh, I think we're going to smother them on defense. Defense is going to lead again. I'm interested to see what happens on special teams. Um, they did seem – like, they had some some holes in their armor as far as uh, coverage on, on special teams. Like, they got guys that are running down a little bit reckless on kickoff um, where we might be able to exploit that on KLR. Um, we'll see about punt. Dinkle's been doing an excellent job flipping the field. You know, we've been doing a really good job top to bottom. Now let's see, like you've said, Matt, like we've got to put a, together a complete
2: game. Yep. Yep. Yeah, We'll we'll see. I mean, it's going to be – Uh, I mean, hopefully it's not pouring rain, man. I hope it's not pouring rain, Um, but the crowd's going to be electric. Hobo day always is. Uh, And hopefully the players respond, you know, there's this, uh, this kind of misconception that we lay an egg on hobo day. I know the B squad was talking about it last week Um, and I'll have some numbers on at least like the last 10 years where we've actually been pretty good on hobo day. Uh, yeah. a, couple, a couple stinkers here and there um but overall we're we're doing all right so uh excited excited to to see everyone I know it's always a huge game when people come back so uh, should be a good day yeah you're at home again we we're
0: finishing up this nice little leg of of uh, home competition and really what is a glorified away game uh, which which is kind of like a home game out there at the u to start the season so you know, we've been in we've been in friendly confines for a while now, so we just need to finish strong. Uh really give ourselves a springboard heading into further valley play. I'm excited, man. Are you uh are you going to be present for the game?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we are uh we're actually cooking fajitas for t- tailgating this week, so uh should be good. Nice
0: nice i know ben and brendan will be there and in rowdy and ruckus as ever so exactly it'll be, it'll be fun i'll be there in spirit but uh i'll be uh i'll, I'll definitely be taking my notes and, and seeing what uh seeing what excitement
2: i can generate from here good good um well just then as a as kind of a heads up for our listeners uh, you know at the at the first part of this episode kyle interviewed ryan um, and now this back half of this episode, I'm actually going to be talking about the 2020, uh, verbals that we have so far at this point. And, um, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that 14 of them were in the house, uh, for Southern Utah, uh, the week before against Drake, uh, one of the verbals was there for his official. Um, and the next couple of weeks, there'll be more and more coming through. So, uh, this 2020 class, uh, if I could, sum it up in two words is, um, athletic and versatile. Uh, they can play all over the field and they fly. So love it. I'm <laughs> I so love excited it. to see them on, get to Brookings. That's for sure.
0: I know you're getting hyped on social media. So I'm, I'm uh, curious to see what <laughs> they do when they strap it on. But I, I just want to say too, man, I got a chance to watch uh, former offensive coordinator and O-line coach, coach Meadows, um, down here uh in Fort Worth this past weekend while Jack's run improvement week. Um it wasn't wasn't the best showing in the world as they as they enter into the rebuild in Kansas, but um just even chatting with him, you know, it's amazing the culture that's been built at state. You know, he he was kind of wide eyed about it and we were both kind of just looking back dumbfounded about what's been built there. I know we've touched on it plenty in our episodes, but it can't be said enough, man. Um sounds like we're beating a drum, but it absolutely it is what it is. It's a it's a remarkable place. Things that have been done there just continue to skyrocket and uh, put the jacks on the map to where um, they're known in places that you wouldn't think they would be. So yep. if you're a recruit, if you're a parent, come see what it's about and uh, never know. Never know what could be done in
2: blue and yellow. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Happy hobo week, everyone. Go jacks. Run rabbits. All right, so for this segment, I'm going to be diving into the class of 2020 recruiting group for football, and I've mentioned it a couple times, I know I've mentioned it on the blog, I've done a a summary on the blog of where we're at, but I absolutely love this class. They're fast, they're big, they're versatile, and I cannot wait to get them in Brookings. Uh, A majority of them verbaled in June, July, this summer, and there's slowly been kind of a trickle in as the class rounds out uh, throughout the rest of the summer and now into fall. And I am just, again, really excited about the talent level on both sides, but I'm going to kick it off with the offense. On this For, for tonight, I'll, I'll talk about the offense first, and then we'll dive into the defense, and then get into the two special teams players we have, uh, which, which are just going to be huge additions. So so first, let's talk about the offense and quarterback. Uh, Mark Gronowski is the leader of the group, uh, 6'4", 210, 215, somewhere in that range. And this guy is special, I think. Uh, he has a heck of an arm. And he's really athletic, and can make uh, make plays with his feet. Uh, I, I think a, a real true dual threat. Uh, but but his arm is just really impressive. Um, one of his teammates is uh, Southern Illinois uh, commit for them at wide receiver, and they're a pretty nice tandem, that's for sure. And uh, and Mark uh, just again is really able to put make all the different throws that you need to make looks like he has can really bomb it downfield but has some nice touch on the on the short and intermediate routes that you need uh, really good awareness looks like a strong leader uh, so I'm just excited to get him in Brookings uh, running back of the class is Isaiah Davis and if you haven't watched Isaiah's film yet please do this guy is a bull and uh at camp he was there and just ran over folks um the the prospect camp at ASU is where where they say to go uh to to really earn your offer and isaiah was there and just was un- they couldn't tackle him uh the the opposing players uh, just uh, couldn't handle him so I'm excited about that, and his senior year here, what he's putting on tape is just remarkable. Uh, he he really, really is uh, showing elusiveness that I didn't necessarily expect. Uh, he is a power back, um, but he's showing this year that he has some speed uh, to go with it and, and has been outrunning defenders. That's maybe something I didn't see on his junior year film, uh, but senior year so far, he definitely is. Um, uh, the next group I'm going to talk about as a group, because I don't, I don't know if you can talk about one without the other two. And that is the wide receiver group. And, you know, we've been so lucky the last, uh, well, long time now, it seems like, I don't know, 15 years just to have really, really quality wide receivers. And I don't know if you can say that about other programs in the Valley that, uh, their wide receiver groups may be aren't consistently as powerful as ours are so uh just started off uh with aj coons um out of uh, solon iowa and he's 6'4 195 uh just this kid is is uh pretty crazy uh he reminds me in some ways and i hate to do this but he reminds me in some ways of jake winicky uh he has this ability to, to get behind the, the the deepest man on the defense, get behind the safeties, um and then, you know, his quarterback just throws it up to him a lot of times and he goes up and makes a play, a contested play, and uh, and then is able to outrace all the defensive backs in, in, into the end zone. And he uh, his his teammate is is Kurt and Jackrabbit Adam Bach. They were teammates in high school. And one of his other teammates right now is committed to U and I, and his other teammate is committed to NDSU. So can you imagine this small school in Iowa producing this much Division I talent in a two-year span? Uh, pretty crazy when you think about that. But uh, AJ's having a huge senior season and just is continuing to make plays. Um, really excited about his future in Brookings. Uh, the next is six five one ninety Jace Taylor from Arizona. And so the Jacks got their Arizona commit earlier than they do some years. And uh this guy, again, <laughs> please go watch this tape of Jace. Um, huge bodied receiver, but he runs like crazy. Um I, you know it's it's hard to imagine a a, a person this tall um and this big uh, being able to move how he does, and it's really, really impressive. Um, again, going up, making the contested catches uh, is his specialty, um, but he also is really athletic. Once he gets once he gets the ball in his hands, he makes a lot of plays, a lot of catch and runs. Uh, but he's powerful; he breaks a lot of tackles. And so we'll see his senior year again. He's through five games. I think he has over 500 yards, um, half dozen touchdowns. So just a huge, huge senior year up till this point. Uh, he was on campus for the Drake game for his official visit. Um, the other three guys that I mentioned already, they were at, um, they were at the Southern Utah game for their official visits. Uh, the last wide receiver that I want to mention of, out of the three that are committed uh, is Nate Sullivan Jr., and he is another student athlete from Bellevue West uh same high school as Cade Johnson and last year's commit, uh, Shane, Shane Daly Jr. Um, so that offense down there in Bellevue West is, is ridiculous. If you ever get a chance, uh, if you're in the area down there, or if you just want to watch the highlights, um, they run a spread offense that is unlike anything in high school that I, I've seen or I've experienced. And it is really cool. Um, Nate is extremely dynamic with the ball in his hands. Uh, they use him in a lot of different ways. Uh, he was he, he did deal with some injuries at the end of the summer. Um, he's only played in a couple games so far this season, but his junior year tape, uh, he makes plays every direction, um, whether it's behind the line, uh, running a fly down the side, across the middle, uh, whatever it is, Nate, Nate can run it. And uh, I'm really excited to get another playmaker in purple up in Brookings. Uh, he had offers from the MAC. Um, you know, he was uh, a lot of the Valley schools. So uh, getting Nate on board was a huge deal, um, especially early. So excited for those three. And, uh, you know, last year's edition, Canyon, Canyon Bauer and Shane Daly again. Um, those, those two um, are really doing a lot of good things, I've been told, in Brookings right now you add these three big-bodied receivers to go with them, uh, that's going to be a nice, nice, nice uh, core of wide receivers for whoever is the quarterback here in a couple of years. So um, really excited about that and and, and what they're bringing. Uh, Every year it seems like now the Jacks add a real blue chip tight end, and this year is no different. Um, Wyatt Seagreen from Nebraska, another Nebraska Jack for us, is uh just a beast he's a two-way player uh small town in nebraska i think it's oakland and uh, oakland craig and he uh he just makes plays all over the field you know he's 6'7, 235 so at that uh small small school in nebraska you're not seeing many kids with his size um, but you watch the film and and the efforts there the motors there he's not just coasting on that he's bigger and stronger than most of the kids he's playing uh, he moves really well for a person his size and uh, has really nice hands, so uh, I'm excited to see see what Wyatt brings to the squad. Um, he was on his official visit again uh, for the Southern Utah game and uh, he definitely looks the part. Um, that Jack's tight end room, man, deep. Coach Leisner um, really really has a great group to work with there. I think Wyatt's going to be um, the next person in that line long line of success that the Jacks have at tight end. So um, yeah,' we'll, we'll see there. So we'll flip over to uh, the defensive side of the ball, and I'm really, really excited to see what the coaches are to watch, what the coaches are doing uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we're bringing in guys with all sorts of versatility basically all of these guys that that we're bringing in can play more than one position or could easily play more than one position on on the defense. Uh, It all depends on how the training goes, the nutrition goes, uh, what their bodies do and how they respond to actually training for football instead of um, training for all sports and and playing multiple sports. And so it's going to be interesting to see how these guys grow and develop physically uh, because there's a lot of a lot of potential in all of them and I think they could go in some different ways so uh, we'll see we really have to start off the discussion though about the the defense uh, recruits with the defensive line because there's they're brought in a lot of bodies on the defensive line and these guys are talented and um, I think the one that everyone talks about kind of the headliner of this class in general is Brandon Lane from lee summit missouri uh he's a three-star defensive end uh six 265 uh right in that range six five possibly now um again he was at the southern utah game on his official visit he is all of six four that's for sure um and he's a big boy so i'm interested to see when he gets on campus working with coach smith uh where they see him best lining up and uh you know i you watch his film, and he is powerful. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily call um, someone his age uh, having having the type of strength and leverage that he plays with. Um, it's really, really unique. Um, he had tons of offers, lots of MAC offers. Wyoming, Wyoming's still bothering him, which is annoying. Um, but uh, you know, he he. He's going to be a true difference maker. I think, I think this class in general is filled with difference makers, um, but uh, Brandon Lane has the potential to be someone that's really special, um, and so we'll see. Uh, I'm excited for Coach Smith again to get to work with him and to, to really help him uh, refine his craft. Um, we can, we've seen what Coach Smith has done already with a lot of the guys he's brought in the last few years, and I, I think Brandon's just uh, going to be, again, that next guy. Um, the first kid to commit out of the group actually was, uh, uh, Max Balloon from Redfield, South Dakota. And, uh, Max caught my eye, I think two years ago at, at the prospect camp when he was there as a sophomore and, you know, looked at it and pulled up my schedule and everything. And, oh, geez, Redfield. Um, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in Clark, South Dakota, so I'm always, uh, looking for those NEC kids, um, to come through and, uh, and make us proud from that part of the state. So, um, Max plays with a really high motor, um, plays offense and defense, obviously, and, uh, 65 Again, he looks the part, um, down, down, uh, before the Southern Utah game, um, you know, he's tall, he's lanky, um, but, but he looks strong too. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, you watch his tape, and, and he's really, you know, strong, um, holding the edge, but has the athleticism to get home to the quarterback. So, again, cleaning up the technique and everything that comes along with the college program, uh, i really excited because Max plays with tremendous effort. And as my partner Kyle says uh, on the podcast, or he said earlier in the year, um, your effort determines your floor. Um and I really think that uh, that because Max plays with such great effort, uh, he has a really high floor for the Jacks. And unlocking uh, some of that natural talent and abilities that he's been blessed with uh, is only going to take him. You know, his his ceiling is, is huge. The, the third player along the defensive line to talk about, um, I'm going to butcher his last name, so I do apologize for that, is... Um, Randy Camogni, um, maybe, 6'4, 220 from Tartan up in the Twin Cities, Oakdale, Minnesota. Uh, Randy is an athletic freak. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's really no other way to say it, but that, and I mean that in the, the 100% nicest way. So, Randy or anyone, Randy's family, if you're listening to this, um, it's a compliment. Uh, Randy has only played a year and a half now of organized football and you watch Randy's junior junior year tape and y- yes he's he's so raw but the natural athleticism just jumps off the screen and you know Randy's still figuring out hands and um you know creating a path to the quarterback and you know learning his responsibilities on a given play or given alignment but some of the things that Randy can do out on the field, you just cannot teach. And, and it's this athleticism, athleticism and this power that he plays with that is just incredible. So, again, this is another person for Coach Smith to get to work with and to bring into the room and, and to really um, see what he can do. Uh, you know, watching a, a few of the highlights so far of his senior year, um, you can tell that he's been working on his craft. And you compare that to his junior year tape, and it's a, it's a huge step forward, and so uh, I just cannot wait to see because um, out of the three guys I mentioned, I think Randy does have the absolute highest ceiling, just because his potential is so untapped at this point, and it, it, he's just getting by off of uh, his natural, God-given, blessed ability. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the the fourth defensive lineman out of this group. That, that we need to talk about is was one of the best, uh, you know, one of the top recruits in South Dakota this year, uh, Mitch Iacher uh, from Sioux Falls Lincoln. And Mitch, as a lot of you are aware, um, had an offer from NDSU. Brandon Light had an offer from NDSU. We got them both, so we're excited about that. But Mitch also had offers from, from USD, from Augie, um, and a couple of the Ivy League schools. And so for us to get Mitch was a huge recruiting victory. And, uh, you know, we always like to keep these best kids in South Dakota. And in my mind, when I look at this right now, um, and kind of look at, look at this defensive group, um, this defensive line group, Mitch is, Mitch is really right now kind of a complete package. Um, he plays the run great. You know, you watch Mitch's tape and he is consistently setting an edge, um, you know, you don't see uh, him missing an assignment out there. Uh, and, and he has enough athleticism, enough twitch uh, to get around the end and get to the quarterback in a hurry. Um, I know the, Lincoln, uh, the Lincoln-Roosevelt matchup, Mitch had a sack, a big sack, of, uh, uh, that, that ended the Roosevelt drive. Um, he's been making big plays all season. And so I'm excited to see what Mitch can do. Um you know he he was one of he 's the one of the last defensive uh players to commit kind of I think our most recent other than uh, a kid we 're going to talk about in a little bit here um, but Mitch again, just tons of potential i 'm um, just so excited to see how we 're investing uh, our resources in recruiting along this defensive line group you know these guys uh again, I talked about the versatility off the uh, off uh, the beginning here. You know, I think these guys could play inside, they could play outside. I wouldn't be shocked if a couple of them could move into to play like a stand-up role if we ever went to, you know, a 3-4 alignment at some point, um, you know, for a play here or there. Um, I noticed against Southern Utah, um, Tolu was, was playing out of a two-point stance from his end position. Um, wouldn't shock me to see some of these guys do that at, at some point. Uh, I think they have that type of athleticism. And they're just kind of chess pieces that that can be moved um, based on matchups. I, that's what I'm just loving about it. They'll have tremendous size, tremendous speed, great athleticism. Their production is there out on the field. And so uh, the things you really look for. So that's the defensive line group. Um, Again, I'm so excited. That's a, just a tremendous group. I'd probably put them as my favorite group right now, uh, wide receivers at two. So... Uh, there we go. The the uh, next group is the linebackers, and this one uh, is is pretty simple. I think these two were the first two commits uh, for the for the program um, this spring, and that's uh, Aaron and Adam Kusler from Sioux Falls Roosevelt. Um, they were at the Southern Utah game as well, and they both stand six two, two oh five, two ten that kind of range. Uh, They look bigger than that to me. So I don't know if these weights are old or not, but uh, they're they're huge. Uh, They move really well. You watch the tape. um, I think I retweeted it this weekend. Uh, Which one? One of the one of the two. I think it might have been Adam. uh, Had a big stop and the screen or something like that, and totally flipped. Uh, the receiver, he came out of his drop from coverage and charged the line, uh, came, came flying forward and just made a tremendous stop. And uh, humans that are, that are that size, you just don't see move like that. And so uh, I, these two, again, were two that were at prospect camp as sophomores between their sophomore and junior year. Really caught my eye. Uh, they just they, they just have that kind of it and that wow factor. Um you know they, I don't, I don't. Okay, so I wasn't going to talk about this, but I decided that just now I'm go I was going to, um, you know the hero sports team. I love I love what Brian and Sam do. Um, I disagree on their rankings uh, a lot. Um, Aaron and Adam are going to get punished on the rankings because they committed so early and because they don't report all the rest of the offers they have or haven't received. Um, it was kind of what we saw with Tucker Craft last year. Um, Tucker Craft had offers from every school in the Valley, plus the Montana schools, plus uh, walk-on opportunities at FBS schools, um, but he never reported those, and so Tucker looks like the lowest recruited tight end commit, um, you know, in the in the Valley when Hero Sports does their rankings. Um, so it's all really unique, and I'm, this isn't a knock on Sam or Brian. There's no way they, c- they could uh, figure out from each kid uh, each student athlete and who their commits are, if they're not going to post it on Twitter, that would just be too time intensive. And I commend them for the work they do do. Um, but Aaron, and Adam, uh, you know, they have other offers and and other opportunities, but they chose to commit to their their home state school, South Dakota State, um, early, and just kind of turn everything else down and turn it, turn off the recruiting, all that stuff. Um, because these are two of the best players uh, in this class uh, for any Valley program. They're they're that good. So excited to have them uh, stay in South Dakota and to be part of uh, the Jackrabbit family. So we're going to move on to the secondary. And the secondary, uh, really, really excited about this group. Um, You know, you want to talk about athleticism, speed agility uh, playmaking this is your group so first guy, quarterback um, Abe Hoskins the third he's 6'2", 175 out of Omaha central. Uh, he plays quarterback for them. He's a tremendous leader uh, there was a, just a nice article from from one of the papers down there recently uh, talking about everything he's doing to try to turn that program around. Uh, you know they've experienced a lot of struggles and and losing seasons in recent years um but abe is really you know helping the new coach try to build a culture of high expectations of being there to cheer on your teammates the article mentions abe showing up on a saturday um unprompted or anything to to go cheer on the jv or the c team uh football team whatever it is and that's uh, that's really cool um that he's taking that upon himself when he really doesn't have to um just cuz he's trying to build this culture down there um but abe also plays defense not many big schools in, in Nebraska uh, have their quarterback play both ways but Abe does uh, tremendous corner <laughs> moves really well really good hips uh, awesome size you know being six two uh, so we'll see uh, I think he's another person that 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 could play a lot um, a lot a lot a lot for the jacks and um, yeah I'm excited to get him in Brookings to get him focused you know on on one sport, uh, on on just playing corner. Um, man, I keep using the word potential for this group. Um, but man, we have some really, really uh, high ceiling players here. Next guy, Dallas Beenham And Dallas uh, is is a super explosive wide receiver uh, for, for Millard West down in Omaha. 6'1", 170. Uh, also plays cornerback. And uh, he's a burner. He has speed speed to, speed to burn, uh, speed to kill, whatever that saying is. Um, you watch his tape, and he's making plays all over the field. And, you know, long arms, big hands. Uh, I just think, man, I think he's going to get in that room uh, with Coach Jackson and just take off. Uh, he had, you know, he had Mac offers, other Valley offers, and he chose to come to SDSU and be part of this team. Um, but you know, you you look at um, the cornerback group that Coach Jackson has right now. You're then you start talking about adding in uh, Abe and Dallas, and holy smokes, like what a talented group, what a versatile group, a uh, tremendous size. Uh, the athleticism, the speed uh, and the skill, and so uh, Coach Jackson uh, is going to have uh, a lot of fun with these 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 guys coming up, and uh, you know really gets a chance again to to really mold these players into something super special because the talent is there. Uh, so the safety position, a couple guys to talk about here. And then I'll talk about um, Isaac Applegate uh, in a second, who's, who's looked at kind of as an athlete right now. So the first one is uh, safety Kale Reader, six foot one eighty, out of Yorkville, Illinois. And I really, really enjoy uh, Kale's tape. Um, Kale again was at the Southern Utah game, like so many of these other guys. And Cade is a missile out on the field. Uh, he plays uh, strong safety right now um, for his program. Also plays wide receiver. Again, another guy that plays playing both directions. And uh, you know, Kale. I think his highlight tape from week one. He's going up and making tremendous like touchdown catches, like flying through the air and um, just soaring above everyone. He's not the biggest guy, you know, only being six foot, um, but he plays big and and his his tape. Again, I use the word missile. That's, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He flies and is just a wrecker out there. Um, I want to talk about our other safety, Dayton um, McGowdy. I'm sorry, Dayton, if I butchered your name there. Six one one ninety out of St. Joe, Missouri. Uh, Dayton's a winner. Dayton also plays quarterback, uh, quarterback in safety. Um, again, he was another one of our, one of the first ones. I can't remember if it was him or the twins that committed first. Um, but Dayton uh, is just a tremendous athlete, throws the ball well, um, but, but he's going to be playing safety for us. But I really like when we have our, you know these former quarterbacks playing defense, it just seems like they process what the offense is trying to do a little bit more clearly. Um, and uh, Coach Berge always talks about the safeties being the quarterback of the defense, and uh, excited to see Dayton up in Brookings, uh, tons of playmaking potential really quick. that's what I like about him he's he's really quick got to his reactions um, so I, I think he has some playmaking potential that uh, we haven't seen out of the safety position uh, in a while. so um, excited to get Dayton up here. The one guy um, that I think right now that everyone's excited to see where he ends up uh, from a position standpoint is Isaac Applegate um, right now he's listed as an athlete I think Uh 6'2", 190 uh, and this guy is fast he plays wide receiver um, for Lincoln southeast uh, he's a winner uh, he also plays safety linebacker um, I think that's where the jacks see him is is a linebacker uh, safety strong safety type uh, you know that again that versatility he could he could really I could see him being a Logan Backus for us or um I could see him being a Josh Mangaya, you know, so so somewhere in that in that range he could he really can kind of do a lot. um you know Isaac has tremendous hands again, he seems to have this knowledge and this this instincts about him um that just put him around the ball, and so uh, really excited there to see uh what that secondary group can do, so we got to talk about special teams. Because the Jacks have done tremendous work recruiting special teams uh, this summer, fall. Uh, Kind of the headliner um, is Hunter Dustman um, from St. Francis, Minnesota. Uh, Hunter is a five-star Coles kicker, uh, had offers from us and USD, but interest from the Big Ten schools, and ended up choosing SDSU early in the process. Um, Just he punts and kicks and so we can really do it all, just a heck of a leg. I don't know what else to say about a kicker, but, you know, touchbacks, long field goals, extra points, again, great punting. Um, And the Jacks just uh, got a commit last week from Jaden Mueller, who's a a 4.5-star Coles long snapper, Um, ranked 19th in the nation out of Johnson, Iowa, and uh, we've had some success getting kids out of uh, Johnson, Iowa, so... I'm excited about that, that we have kind of a pipeline building there, and uh, that we're getting another long snapper in. You know, the Jacks have been so fortunate not to have problems with long snappers. Uh, We see other programs around us that consistently, they have really slow snaps. They're seeing a lot of kicks get blocked. Um, That's just a problem that we haven't had for a long, long, long time, and a lot of it's because of this consistency with the long snapper that we've just had um, over and over again for our program. So that is where we're at with the 2020s. Um, I'll continue to keep being, keep you updated on it. You know, this early signing day is uh, December. What day? December. It's a while still. Uh, early, middle December. Um, don't have the exact date yet. Um, But this group is truly special. Um, There's two that I think have verbal, but they haven't reported on their social media, so I can't report it yet either. Um, Even if I have my suspicions of who it might be, I don't want to do that. It's their party. They get to do it. So um, I'll keep you up to date, so keep watching the blog. Keep watching the Twitter account uh, as these 2020s roll in. Uh, We'll likely do something fun. Uh, for the actual signing day in December, and, uh, you know, excited to get these guys to be a part of the group. It was good to see such a big group of them at the game at Southern Utah, and I'll keep watching for official visits um, as I know about them. So, go Jacks!